0: Have you ever wondered why there's a mermaid on your coffee cup at Starbucks? Or perhaps which cars and brands appear most often in music lyrics? Do certain television show jingles get stuck in your head? Where exactly can you find the best sales? And when is the best time to buy a house? Maybe you'd like to know how to ask for a raise? Or why can only some of your friends see your birthday cake on Instagram? And can you actually win in Vegas? Well. Unfortunately for you, Professor Juan has been teaching for over a decade, and he will give you the answers to all of these questions and many more. So settle in, grab a drink, and get ready. This world is crazy, this world is changing, and this is Juan's Side of the Story.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. How's everybody out there? How are you doing, Ernie?
0: Hello, hello, hello. What's up, Juan? Doing great. Super excited to be here, to be on this podcast with you.
1: Our very first episode. I can't wait to get started. But I have to tell you, I don't know if San Francisco was the best selection for our, best, for our first episode. Not because I don't like San Francisco. It's quite the opposite. I absolutely love the city. But man, after a couple of hours hiking up these hills, I'm kind of worn out.
0: Got cast for days now.
1: maybe in the next week or two or whatever I'll see the benefit of all this work but I am not happy with these hills my goodness
0: make sure you guys invest in comfortable shoes when you guys come out here, seriously
1: I'm going to go with something different I'm going to go with a scooter or a vehicle Uber, use the trolleys I'm not a happy camper I'm about, what, six months older than Ernie? maybe seven months six
0: months and three days (laughs)
1: Like 10 years and six months and three days. Something like that, listeners. But, oh my God, that was... Uh, it's been a little rough on Juan, climbing the hills in San Francisco. But I love this city and I'm very excited we chose this uh, location for our very first uh, episode of the Juan Side of the Story podcast. Cannot wait to get started. Ernie, how long has it been? How long we have we talked about doing this, this show?
0: Oh my God, it's been... A- couple years I mean I I remember when we first sat down and talked about it I had my note I still have my notebook actually where I had all my notes of what's the name gonna be uh, what's our theme song gonna be who's gonna be on it what are we gonna talk about it was it's crazy how it went from a conversation to a live recap if you will
1: no it's been crazy and I hopefully so I don't know that we want to talk about that today but in future maybe we'll give little hints in every episode But we'll we'll give you insight as to the debate we had on music and the debate we had on topics and segments. And
0: I think it took us about a week
1: (laughs) to name the show. Uh, It's been a lot of work. I would say at least a year, Ernie, at least a year. But, oh, my gosh, just really excited to get this thing going. And, again, coming to you live from San Francisco today, just one of my favorite cities in the world. And we're coming to you live. This is kind of crazy. This is Ernie's Choice. I'm lying. It's my choice.
0: But we're coming (laughs) to you
1: live from the bottom of Lombard Street. And in a little bit, I'll tell you a little bit more about Lombard Street. But we're literally on the corner of Lombard Street. And I've got a coffee. Uh, One of my favorite places here in San Francisco. Uh, If you guys don't know, I kind of need coffee to get going. Otherwise, I'm kind of useless. So I'm sitting here with a a latte with extra cream. And uh, I'm not going to lie, a little bit of sugar. I needed it. Uh, My favorite coffee from Blue Bottle Coffee, and I'm ready to go. Ernie, uh, I've made fun of you all morning, but what are you drinking?
0: (laughs) Well, Juan, you know me. Since the very beginning, I'm a hot chocolate kind of guy, especially since we're doing this in the windy city (laughs) right now. I I actually stopped by this place. I found uh, XOX Truffles, and I got to admit, Juan, when you drink some hot chocolate with a truffle, man.
1: (laughs) No, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. The reason I'm listeners, the reason I'm making fun of Ernie is we've been walking around all morning today, and we were by the Painted Ladies, which, if you're not familiar, is the row of townhomes that have been prevalent in a lot of movies, maybe most uh, popular for their debut in a TV show called Full House and Fuller House. So we're walking by the Painted Ladies, and that's where I got my cup of coffee, uh, at blue bottle coffee. And Ernie had been nursing the hot chocolate for, I think, the last two or three hours
0: it has to be the right temperature juan i'm not trying to burn myself okay <laughs> and why did it happen at the front of that those houses i got to drink the co- my hot chocolate and guess what it was delicious
1: no it looks good and the truffle definitely looks good no super excited just again the hills have just been terrible but that was a lot of fun to see the painted ladies and again thoroughly enjoying our morning here in san francisco Ernie, this is your, I think you said the second or third time you've been here?
0: This is my second trip here, yeah.
1: Okay. I want to say this is my fourth time, but I think only the third time I've really gotten to explore and view a little bit of the city. I've been here for business a couple times, and one time I just didn't really get to do virtually anything at all. But I think San Francisco is just a great town. Lots of interesting little facts about San Francisco, I thought. We'll talk about it in a minute. Ernie, what do you think? Should we give the listeners a little preview of what we're going to be talking about today?
0: I think you should, Juan.
1: Okay. I think that's a good idea as well. So we're going to, if you heard our trailer, we have a trailer up on Spotify and Apple and everywhere you find your, on iTunes, everywhere you hear your your favorite podcasts. So we talked about this in the trailer, but we're going to talk about chocolate today. Most people like chocolate. I know one very specific person that does not like chocolate, but virtually everybody in the world likes chocolate. We're going to talk about that. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about the city. We'll talk about some companies. And if you've ever been to the northern part of California, you might even be able to predict which companies we're talking about. Uh, Here's a hint. It's technology and (laughs) internet-based. We'll talk about some marketing because that's what we do here. And then... uh, Hopefully, end with some some fun and games. So I'm excited. So Ernie, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself before we get going?
0: Absolutely. So my name is Ernesto. Um, grew up around the LA area. Super excited to be a part of this show. Uh, I have about a little over ten years of business experience. Um, had the privilege of being not only a friend of Professor Juan Huguin, but also a former student of his and As I mentioned in the trailer before, Juan's stories are Juan of a kind, and (laughs) they will make you laugh, and they will teach you a lot. And I got to admit, I became the person I am today because of Juan, and so I attribute a lot to that. So being able to be a part of this podcast with him is really inspiring to me, and, and I'm really excited to be a part of it. Uh, listeners, just
1: so you know, I I paid Ernie a lot of money to say that. I I was
0: gonna say I'm about to tell you how about to slide over a piece of paper with an amount. (laughs) It'll have a it'll have a zero on it. I don't
1: know what digit. I'll have a couple of of zeros, Juan. (laughs) It'll have some zeros. There just won't be anything in front of it. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm super excited. So my name is Juan Holguin. I've been out in the corporate world, was out in the corporate world for about a decade and decided to go back to grad school and pursue basically a, a whole other way of life or a whole other pursuit. I, I really just kind of did an about face and went in a totally different direction. Went to graduate school and became a professor. So I've been a professor now for about 15 years. I think now it's my 16th year, depending how you count it. Love my job. And I always tell I mean, I think people get tired of me saying this, but I just feel really blessed. Not everybody does what they love and not everybody gets paid to do what they love. And I'm just blessed in both ways. I love what I do and I get paid to do it. So happy to be here. And that's really why I wanted to start the podcast. And the first person I called was Ernesto. And I said, Ernie, we have to do this. I just think it's going to be a lot of fun. We need a creative outlet. I think we've got some fun stories to tell. You and I love traveling, and we get along when we travel, so let's just do this thing. And Ernie was gracious enough to come along for the ride, and I can't think of anybody better, you know, for my partnership here. So,
0: Do you know what I find uh, humorous? We both started off in the finance world, and now we're both in education. You're, you're obviously a professor teaching, and I'm a, a school counselor, but...
1: And, you know, I, that's, uh, I had not even thought about that till you just said it right now. That's actually pretty interesting. Uh, And okay, so Ernie, you can answer me this question, but I didn't leave the financial world because I didn't like it. In fact, I thoroughly enjoyed it, but I just, and that'll be maybe a podcast episode in itself. Maybe we'll talk about career paths, but I just felt like I needed a change and I'm so happy I did it and I've never looked back. And now it's been, sometimes I, it's surprising to me that it's been 16 years uh, of being a professor. So super happy.
0: Yeah, cuz you- I left the finance world. And kind of similar. I, I I did love what I did, what I do, but um it just wasn't fulfilling for me. And then I always found myself going back to, you know, education and teaching the youth and stuff like that. So after I met my beautiful wife, she pushed me to to pursue counseling and I, I've loved it ever since then. This I'm on my second year of counseling. Um so I'm super excited about it. And yeah, I'm super happy to be a part of this podcast with you to talk about it.
1: So I have to give a, I don't know how long, this is maybe our 10 minutes into our first episode. And I'm going to give our first huge thank you to Selene for supporting Ernie and encouraging him to do this crazy, crazy program with me. And she has to be a huge uh, sweetheart for allowing him to devote so much time to this project. Again, it hasn't been a lot, you know, it hasn't been very easy and i know they could be doing a lot of other things so thank you selena for letting me borrow your husband for an hour today but at least she gets a trip out of it right ernie so she's enjoying san Francisco. Yeah. yeah there you go <laughs> okay so let's tell you i thought it'd be prudent to tell you a little bit about san francisco for those of you that have not been here or are hopefully thinking of coming here soon i like it more and more every time i come but i think that's I could say the same thing about most cities. I always enjoy it the second or third time. And you do the very touristy things the first time you come, or I don't know, you, it just depends how much time you have. But I thought I would share with the listeners some things that I've learned on this trip that I hadn't really thought of before. And one of my favorite things, I'll mention this probably in every episode, is just literally meeting new people. So the food is great and sports and music and the museums and the parks But one of my favorite things is just meeting people at the coffee shop or, you know, at the restaurants, at, could be anywhere in the cabs, Uber drivers, everywhere, and just learning about the cities that I'm visiting. So here's a couple of facts I thought uh, our listeners would really enjoy. And this first one's shocking. So I don't know when we're going to make our way to New York. It might be a couple of months. Uh, The colder weather's coming up. I don't know if we'll go to New York. But the first interesting fact, the first interesting fact I thought would be interesting is that, The Golden Gate Park here in San Francisco is bigger. I'm shocked. Golden Gate Park is bigger than Central Park in New York. Ernie, did you know that?
0: I did not know that.
1: And it's not even close. It's about, uh, I've got different figures. Some people have said about 20%. Some people have said 25%. But it's far bigger than Central Park. Wow. Wow. Just huge. I believe it's over three miles in length in one direction. Just tremendous. And I've been to, to Central Park on a few occasions. I love Central Park, and Golden Gate Park is actually bigger. Uh, another little fact I thought was interesting, so obviously the first time you go, well, maybe not obviously, but most people go to the Golden Gate Bridge, right? That's kind of a, you know, maybe the first stop for most tourists when they come to San Francisco. But what's interesting to me is the original design for the bridge Uh, called for a paint scheme of black and with yellow stripes. And the Navy wanted to paint the bridge black with yellow stripes so that it would be easy or easier to see in the fog. And if you've ever been to San Francisco, the fog can be extremely dense. And the Navy thought that would be just a, a prudent paint scheme, given obviously the safety issues navigating that water. And the primer paint is my understanding the primer paint that they put on the bridge, uh, you know, obviously you want to protect against rust and corrosion, was this kind of shade of orange. And after viewing it, one of the architects, and I believe it's the lead architect, actually said, "We should we should use this particular orange coat." And I think that's just kind of fascinating because that's that's, that's really how cool. we know the bridge. Ernie, did you know that one?
0: No, I did not know that. It's very interesting. <laughs> I just, I've actually I, seen the fog in San Francisco and, and it gets crazy. Like you cannot see probably like two feet in front of you, I would say.
1: I know some people think we're exaggerating, but it's we're not. It's about two feet in front. You can walk into a pole and you don't even know for I mean, realizing
0: you're gonna hit the pole.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're on the floor looking up, like what did I just do? Uh <laughs> it's crazy. Uh so I, I think that's really interesting that now it's it's orange more for an aesthetic, not really even a, a safety issue. So that's kind of interesting. And this is arguably my favorite. I think those are kind of cool facts, but here's kind of my favorite. Ernesto, did you know that the Chinese fortune cookie was invented in San Francisco?
0: I knew it wasn't made in Chinese, but I didn't know where.
1: No, I. it's, you know, Ernie and I both like comedians, and we always follow comedians and listen to comedians, either on the radio and even live and in person, obviously. A lot of comedians make fun of that joke that You could put a fortune in a piece of lasagna or spumoni, and I don't know if people would buy it. Or you could put... uh, I don't even know. You could put a fortune cookie inside a tres leches piece of cake or... (laughs) I was
0: going to say something like slimy.
1: (laughs) A piece of flan. I don't even... (laughs) I think you'd have to laminate it to put it in flan. I don't even know. But for some reason, you put a fortune cookie in a... Well, you put this message in a fortune cookie, and all of a sudden, people believe it. I mean, people...
0: It's I can not tell you,
1: Ernie, you have to share with me a story. You're having dinner with somebody, you open this cook, and you see your fortune, and I've sat at the table with a hundred people and laughed about the fortune, and whether it's good or bad, whether we liked it or not, half the time we want to like trade fortunes. It's like the whole thing. <laughs> am I am I wrong?
0: You're absolutely right. And then sometimes when it gives you the lotto numbers, have you ever tried to play the numbers that it gives you? Your lucky numbers are.
1: I have to admit, I've never done that before. Have you Have you done that?
0: I tried it like twice. I didn't win. So, okay. yeah. I don't no, recommend I don't. it. Uh, you know. If you it was if it works. was an Amazon rating, that would be a 1 star.
1: Yeah, for sure. For, maybe less, half a star.
0: But hold on, have you seen like fortune cookies? Like I know you love going to like places like that, but have you got fortune cookies today and like they're not fortunes anymore. It's it's like advice. Like if you go I'm to Panda to... Express, for example, and you get a fortune cookie, it'll be like, "Oh, treat people right and they'll treat you right." <laughs> it's like, "Wait a minute, it's like" <laughs>
1: When you park your car, pay the meter. That's (laughs) yeah. It's like more (laughs) lock your doors when you come home at night. Keep safe. Uh, No, I can't remember. Get plenty of sleep and you'll feel rested. (laughs) (laughs) That's terrible because I like Chinese food and I can't remember the last time I opened a fortune cookie.
0: Well, you should fortune back. That's not even Chinese, so you're, you're you're the green.
1: No, so there you go. That's right. Okay, but speaking of Chinese food, for those of you that have not been to San Francisco, it's home to the Oldest Chinatown in North America, just gigantic. Over again, similar to the park, it's over a mile in length. And I don't know how wide, but it's very, very long. All kinds of great Chinese food and shops. I've never been to San Francisco without going to Chinatown and getting some soup and various other uh, foods. just love Chinese food. Ernie, are you looking forward to that?
0: Actually, I am, Juan. You've been talking about Chinatown since the longest I've never been there. I love Chinese food too. So I'm really excited to see what Chinatown really has to offer.
1: No. So I think we're going to go tomorrow night, if I'm not mistaken. That's, I got to look at our calendar. I think that's tomorrow night. We're going to wander down that way and see if we can find some good Chinese food, but here's something again, this is my fourth trip. I've, I did not know. Chinatown. I mean, uh, San Francisco is actually home to a very large Japan town. So This might be just me, but I like sushi for lunch. It's a good dinner, and I'm not saying this to be mean, but I'll have sushi and like an hour later I'm really, really hungry. So I don't I know, maybe that might be just me, but I don't like sushi for dinner because then I'm looking for a hamburger at about nine thirty or ten. Or yeah, taco or something. (laughs) So I like sushi for lunch because then I can continue doing my touristy things, looking at murals or I think that's a the of point coffee.
0: of it. It's not something nice and light. I continue going. It's like, to like slow you down. Like, you know, having like a big burrito or, you know,
1: no, I agree. And I've had, I think we've talked about that on our trips. You can have a big meal and then you're kind of, you just want to go sit down or take a nap. You're
0: sluggish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So maybe find some really good sushi for lunch. And then maybe uh, some Chinese food. One of these, uh, I think we're going to be here for three days. So we'll definitely do dinner. In Chinatown. And then this last one I thought was interesting. So in our trailer, if you listen to our trailer from last week, just to kind of give you a hint about what the show is about, Ernie talked about wanting to go to Alcatraz. And here's two little facts I thought were interesting about Alcatraz is it was actually a fort up until 1934. It was a military fort. And that's why it kind of makes sense, right? It's very secure. It's uh, kind of isolated and very heavily fortified, and that's because it was a fort. So in 1934, it becomes a prison, and maybe some of you know, but one of the more, if not the most infamous prisoner was Al Capone. And when Al Capone uh, was sent to Alcatraz by train, the warden and various other officials feared an attempt, right, to free him or take control of the situation. Uh, The warden and several officials were nervous about some kind of a an attempt to free him. So Al Capone never left the train car and the train car was loaded onto a barge and the barge went over to Alcatraz. And then obviously he was led into the prison. So he was never released from the train car. The entire train car was put on a barge and sailed over to Alcatraz. So in, you know, it's a technicality, But you could say that Al Capone went to Alcatraz on a train, which I think is kind of funny, obviously, even though he went over water. Ernie, are you looking forward to your trip to Alcatraz?
0: Yeah, and on the topic of Al Capone, didn't he also play banjo in an inmate band? Did you ever hear about that?
1: I did not know that.
0: Yeah, so he actually played banjo in an inmate band in Alcatraz.
1: No, I did not know that. That's pretty interesting. Uh, The other
0: thing I found interesting was is with Alcatraz is like, there, it wasn't wait, there, wait,
1: hasn't wait, there, wait, wait, oh, wait, 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 wait. Rewind. I'm trying to, that's hysterical. Like we have to find an image of that. Have you ever seen an image of that Ernie?
0: No, I haven't.
1: That's, we got to find one and put that on our website. That's so one side of Yeah. Hopefully in the next couple of days, go to one store, one side of And I am going to work tirelessly to find that photo. Because the image of Al Capone, the image of Al Capone playing any instrument is kind of crazy, but I might believe like a piano, but a banjo. No, I,
0: I just googled it one and I found it.
1: So we're we're gonna we're gonna post this on the website. Yes,
0: yes. It's In fact, that's that's your job.
1: Website. You're putting that on the website right now.
0: Here we go. Let's see. It's and here's a quote from Al Capone It says, "When I get the blues, I play my banjo." There isn't a song written that I can't play, Uh Capone.
1: When he gets the blues, he plays banjo. So he's playing banjo 24 hours a day in Al 24 hours
0: a day, Juan. <laughs> if you saw his hands are full of callus that you wouldn't believe. Oh Sandpaper for fingers, Juan. Sandpaper for fingers.
1: That is crazy. No, I didn't know that. That's interesting. See, everybody, we're teaching you all kinds of things today, and it's only been a few minutes. So you got to love it. You got to love it.
0: Oh Yeah, I'm super excited to check out um, Alcatraz and learn more about all the things that happen in there
1: that'll be very cool I'm looking forward to that uh, it's about it's high 60s right now a little bit windy I think I've felt a few sprinkles throughout the morning uh, but it's actually been a little bit of drizzle a little bit of drizzle but I'll be honest that's when I like walking around because when it's 110 I'm not going anywhere so we've both got a, a sweater on I've got a hoodie I've got my baseball cap on. We're really ready to go. I've enjoyed uh, our time here in San Francisco so far. So, Ernie, what do you what do you think? Should we talk about some people, maybe?
0: Uh, I think we should get in the people category.
1: Anybody curious who's been born in San Francisco? So, in no particular order, in no particular order, Danny Glover was born in San Francisco in 1946.
0: Wow, Danny, Danny Glover, Glover is one of the my favorite actors. He's top up there. I, I remember watching um, Lethal Weapon with my dad. And it was just awesome. Just the action in that movie and, you know, him with Mel Gibson at the time. I'm kind of curious. I don't have a a fact. I, I can't state this as a fact.
1: But I want to say the Mel Gibson, Danny Glover uh, relationship was really one of the first like buddy, buddy movies. Or at least they were kind of funny and they kind of picked on each other. But obviously, they really cared about each other. So a lot of humor, but a little bit of... It was dramatic in some in some parts of the movie. It was like Thoroughly the Chris
0: Tucker that. and Jackie Chan of, their, of the past <laughs> time. Yeah, but Have you noticed you know, that? Because even if you think about bad boys, you have Martin Lawrence, Will Smith.
1: No, for sure. And <clears throat> So I, I want to say... I don't want to say they're copycats, but I really think that Danny Glover and Mel Gibson were like the first buddy-buddy kind of movie.
0: Uh, yeah two individuals so, that you wouldn't see together but they somehow make it work
1: no and they did and obviously they made several sequels so it worked out for them
0: oh yeah i think it was up to four
1: i'll be am i terrible if i tell you i kind of quit after a couple i don't know yeah, how it ends
0: i think it stopped at four
1: yeah. okay
0: don't ruin it don't ruin the ending i mean I'll it's not like so fast and the furious they're like a number what 13 14 no, I think they're like 21. I, I, I think know. Fast and the Furious <laughs> is competing with the iPhone in the number of
1: <laughs> that, Ernie, I think you just stumbled across something. That should be some co-branding. The Fast and the Furious iPhone 15 or whatever it is. That absolutely. In fact, in fact, oh my if Apple, if you're listening, Tim Cook, if you're listening to me, you can send residual checks to Ernie at some do at onceidefestory.com and Juan at Juansidefstory.com. I think that's a great marketing. The Fast and the Furious iPhone 15. Exactly. Or 16 or 21. That's, that
0: makes and, perfect. And they, and they just have like Dom Toretto come out just like, it's family.
1: The family of Apple. The Apple family. It's the my Apple family. That's,
0: that's hysterical. And, and then I with the it, quote, you never turn your back on family even when they do. And it's like, welcome back other Android users come back to Apple. like. <laughs>
1: I can already hear already oh making God. a bunch of villain comments about me and my Android. So <laughs> actually I'll make another play. Apple, if you really want me, if you uh if you're so inclined, feel free to send me the latest version and I'll make a shout out on the on the podcast. So email me and you know, I'll send you my address and we'll make this happen. So Tim Cook, make that happen.
0: As he takes a sip of his so good coffee that he's been talking no, just, about.
1: I'm thoroughly enjoying this one. Love San Francisco. Okay, let's do a couple more. Ansel Adams, one of my favorite photographers. As, as you guys listen to more and more of my podcast, you'll find out that I'm a big art lover, particularly murals, but all kinds of paintings uh, and photography. And Ansel Adams was born in 1902. Uh, does a lot of black and white, uh, mostly landscapes. I think all of you have maybe seen, I would say the average person has seen an Ansel Adams work, but maybe didn't know who that was. But Ansel Adams born in 1902.
0: And that's probably going to be myself as one of those people um, guilty. I think guy. I think I I would honestly say most of us have seen one. You just didn't know it was on. I was going to say I've probably seen it, but would not be able to tell you that was. Oh.
1: Uh, let's do a couple years. Bruce Lee, nineteen forty.
0: Bruce Lee, martial uh, artist.
1: Big fan. I remember uh, what's the name of the movie Ernie with uh, the one that just came out. DiCaprio With Brad and Pitt. Brad right. Pitt. Yeah.
0: Uh, Oh my God! Once, I can't.
1: once upon a time in L.A. Is that
0: once upon a time in Hollywood?
1: Once upon a time, in... Ho- okay, Hollywood, L.A. All right, my bad. I to everybody in L.A. I apologize. Once upon a time in Hollywood, or I guess to everybody in Hollywood, I apologize. Maybe both. Okay, but that was that was really interesting to see uh, how they integrated Bruce Lee into that that movie. That was pretty witty. Tarantino, one of my favorite people. So oh, Bruce yeah. Lee, nineteen forty, uh, died pretty tragically uh, before he really got his career. I don't think he had his prime yet, so that was tragic. Um, Alicia Silverstone, nineteen seventy six. Oh my Aisha god. Aisha Tyler. Ernie, don't be clueless.
0: Clueless. She, October nineteen seventy six. With Alicia Silverstone, uh, have you seen uh, the, the Batman movie, Batman and Robin? With her, she played a uh, Batgirl.
1: I think that was the. I don't think we have a sound effect for that, but that was the end of her career.
0: <laughs> I know. That, it was like, it was like, wait, should she, should she quit? Do
1: it. I'm, oh my gosh, that I love Alicia. And Alicia, if you're listening, like, really, she's listening, no way. But if you're listening, (laughs) I love you and I'll take you to dinner. But that, that was kind of the end of your career there. So I hope you have a comeback here and do something. I think,
0: I think that's when we started seeing DC start going south with their movies because, I mean, how many Batmans have there been? I mean, we went from 142. I mean, now no, we're I at Robert Patterson, who once played uh, Edward in Twilight. So I'm supposed to believe that a glitter bat guy boy is now Batman. <laughs> no, that's so I don't
1: want to talk about that because we're going to do a whole podcast about DC and Marvel. So we'll do we'll save all of our comments about Rob, you know, the whole thing, Robert Pattinson and everybody else in a whole show.
0: That was that was just a little preview of what we could talk about, but
1: <laughs> no, that's going to be that'll be a great topic. We'll just talk about Batman. Bat people. Batman.
0: Batman. Actually, that would be a good segue. Yeah, Batman.
1: Yeah. Jerry Garcia, 1942. Some music lovers might know Jerry Garcia. And then the last two uh, I want to talk about are Clint Eastwood and Robert Frost. And I'm going to save... I'm going to talk about Robert Frost at the end of today's show. So, Ernie, what do we think about Clint Eastwood? Good, bad? Oh, man.
0: Dirty Harry. Make my day. I mean... I mean, I, I love this movie. He's, he's always, he's the Western. Like, you can't think about like a Western hero without thinking about Clint Eastwood, I don't think. That would say Especially absolutely TV, no. Way. Like, yeah. And he was his, the
1: original he, Tough Guy, right? The original. Yeah. He didn't even say a lot in his movies. Before Chuck
0: Norris and before like, you know, these others. But yeah, I'm sorry. I was oh, going to say, and one of his films I, I enjoyed recently was The Mule. I mean, that movie alone was done so well.
1: No, so we're talking about a an actor, a gentleman, an icon, and the first movies came out in the nineteen fifties. I mean, he's been acting since the fifties, and is still just a energetic, viable, talented actor. You know, well into the next century. That's just a man seventy years. You know, acting that's crazy. And the meal was really good. You know,
0: and he's still going strong.
1: No, I love, I love Clint Eastwood. One of my, without, you know, without any thought at all, one of my top five actors, for sure, for sure.
0: Hey, Juan, before we continue, got to go back a little bit. Why did we name this episode, Life is Like a Box of Chocolates?
1: Ernie, oh my God, that's kind of embarrassing. It's been uh, (laughs) several minutes (laughs) into our first episode. Yeah. (laughs) Several minutes into this thing and we haven't even told you the, the name of the episode. So listeners, the name of today's episode is Life, uh, Life is Like a Box of Chocolates. And I just love that movie. Uh, one of the best movies, Tom Hanks, uh, Forrest Gump. Again, talking about why Ernie and I started this podcast, we're both just big movie fans. And we wanted a venue to talk about movies and music and culture, but also hopefully talk to you about our many, many years in the business world. And we thought this would be a perfect name for the first episode. For two reasons, one of which is we're going to talk about a chocolate company in San Francisco in one minute. But why did we pick San Francisco and why do we pick that title for today? Because of exactly what he says in the movie. Life is like a box of chocolates and you never know what you're going to get. Ernie, would you like to take a crack at a Tom Hanks voice and redo
0: that? Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Mama <laughs> always said, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're gonna get. Uh, that's not bad. <laughs> there yeah, you go, fans. All right, <laughs> that's not bad. I don't know if uh, I'm not sure the
1: movie studios are calling right now, but
0: uh... Uh, Tom Hanks probably like rolled over on his bed. <laughs> like,
1: no, I was I was really good. I liked that one. So we thought that was appropriate because again, we've thought about doing this podcast for quite a long time, and we've had a lot of supporters that have pushed us and urged us and just really supported us in our endeavor and we'll talk about them uh as we go but we've had a lot of supporters really encouraging us to do this family and friends and just a lot of people a lot of love out there shout but, out to everybody
0: that supported us and continues to support us
1: for sure we'll have to figure out a way uh we'll we'll shout out some love on the on the website i would say why do we call this first episode life is like a box of chocolates because we kind of hinted to it in the intro but Once upon a time, uh, I graduated and I wanted to be a stockbroker. And that's what I did for a very short period of time. Just did not enjoy that position at all. And I wouldn't say I regretted it. In fact, really, I would say I did not regret that at all. Because that was really, really what I wanted to do. And I thought, unequivocally, that was the best opportunity I had when I was 23. And I think if I was 40 or 50 or on my deathbed, and I had never been a stockbroker, I would have regretted it. That's really, I dreamed about that for years and years and years. So I'm really happy that I was blessed with that opportunity. Uh, and I don't really regret that I found out that it wasn't for me. We don't always get to do what we want. But I've been very blessed because now I've been a professor and it's all worked out. Ernie you know, started out in the, in the banking industry and he's come kind of full circle, if you will. And he's in the education world where he feels, you know, he's helping kids. And Ernie, I'll ask you about that more in a minute. But you just never know where life takes you. And I think that's just fabulous. And I don't want to be a life coach in the first episode, but it's not really, you know, how many times you get pushed down as the saying goes, it's how many times you get back up. Exactly. And everybody I know, in fact, there's a very famous line by Mike Tyson. Ernie, I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you know what line I'm talking about?
0: Um.
1: Perseverance, resilience, fighting through.
0: Per- perseverance, resilience. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Now, that one might get you. Well, I'm, I'm not, I'm going to have to my walk like. Listen, <laughs> I do not mean that as a joke. That was my poor impression of you. I love you. I think you're one of the best heavyweight champions of the world. Um, certainly one of the youngest still champions. And I enjoyed watching you with my father. So there's was no dig to you. Just my admiration to you.
1: Yeah, based on that slight, on that impersonation, you got to keep sucking up. You need about five more minutes of. Yeah, I don't
0: want to end up like that guy on the plane <laughs> <laughs> get punched up.
1: That wow. Okay, Tom Hanks not so bad. Uh, Mike Tyson, <laughs> we got to work on that one. Okay, but the the line at Nesto is that everybody has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. Mm. And the idea was that you know you have an idea of what you're going to do in this boxing match, but when somebody hits you in the face very hard. Then you have to figure out what the next step is.
0: When life throws these unexpected wrenches at you.
1: Absolutely. And it doesn't have to be even really negative. But I think it's important to realize that sometimes your road takes you down different paths. And maybe it's not something you've ever thought about. And maybe it's not something you've wanted. But And there might be some trepidation. There might be some, you know, you might be uncomfortable. But sometimes the road leads you exactly where you're supposed to be. And... Right before today's episode, I was talking with Ernesto and his beautiful wife Selene, and Ernie and Selene were taking uh, turns claiming credit for the podcast and how wonderful (laughs) they are and (laughs) the wonderful assets that they bring to the podcast. And I can tell you truthfully and unabashedly that if I hadn't met Ernesto, I doubt I'd be doing this podcast. And if Selene hasn't hadn't supported Ernesto in this endeavor and let me borrow him. For several hours a week, it also wouldn't be possible.
0: you, so you know, I'm really, you, ha- know my, you know, my wife Selena's like at the corner of the door, like <laughs> like listening, trying to make sure she heard her name, and she's like, "Wait a minute!"
1: <laughs> no, I'm I'm not a fool. I'm I'm a marketer. I know to give you know credit where credits due. So my goal is to keep Selena pretty happy. So she's got to let us go on these these bus trips and plane trips and train trips and everything we have planned. So thank you, Selena. But I think that's just an important lesson. I think I never thought I'd do a podcast. And it kind of came out, the, the idea, the origination for this was during COVID when I just needed a creative outlet. I was teaching on Zoom and I wasn't engaging with my students and I was looking at a black screen, right? None of the students turned on their...
0: Oh, yeah, because you had webcams. internet problems and, you know.
1: <laughs> one episode or not one episode, One uh, one particular lecture started about 20 minutes in because I could not connect my internet. I think I actually had it in my hands to throw out the window and I paused because that was my computer, not the school's. But oh I so during COVID, I just wanted a creative outlet and again I talked I talked with Ernie on several occasions, kind of checking in on the family and stuff. And out came this podcast. And I'm so happy to do this. So I'm really happy with the little box of chocolates I got.
0: Cause that's what life's about. Chocolate. About chocolate, yeah. That's about okay. <laughs> Cause you so, never know what you're gonna get, really.
1: No, and I think, no, for sure, for sure. And I think that's a wonderful segue. Listeners, I'm not going to lie to you. That was just a wonderful, smooth, efficient segue to today's topic. Smooth. (laughs) Another segue. Ernie is smooth like chocolate. (laughs) So we're going to talk about a company in San Francisco that is near and dear to my heart for lots of reasons. But we're going to play a little trivia. So hopefully, listeners, you play along at home. So let's have a little bit of fun. So we do want to talk about culture and food and music and all kinds of things, but we do want to talk about a little bit of business on the podcast. So we're going to play a little contest here and we're going to see if... Wait, wait, a the, contest? A contest. Well, oh, well okay. there's no winner and there's no prizes. Uh, so I don't know what you want to say about that, well, but we're going to do... You guys, the the listeners can certainly play along at home and I'm going to ask Ernie... How many, so I'm looking at the listing for the top 10 chocolate companies in the world. And listeners, are you ready? We're going to challenge Ernesto here, who, by the way, is drinking hot chocolate. Not coffee, hot chocolate. We're going to ask Ernie if he can name. I'm very
0: themed if you guys didn't realize that. Very (laughs) themed.
1: This was not planned, right, Ernie? This was all made up. Not planned at all. (laughs) So Ernie, how many of the top ten chocolate companies Ooh. can you name?
0: I'm gonna say uh, Hershey's will probably one of them.
1: I'm upset. Why don't we have the Jeopardy music going? That's
0: disappointing. That is very disappointing. All right, here we go, uh, viewers. We're gonna we're gonna do something different uh, that no podcast has ever done before. We're gonna allow you guys to use your imagination. So please, with me, imagine the Jeopardy song is playing right now. Here we go. <laughs> uh Hershey's uh will be one Hershey's. I will I will say yeah. probably Nestle cuz I know when Nestle there was a the Nestle Quick I remember the little bunny actually it's pretty funny the little commercials the bunny's up have you seen that one I have the Nestle Nestle Quick commercial I was like oh bunny's up and he wiggles his two fingers say <laughs> and then last my favorite chocolate and viewers if you want to send me these chocolates I'll be Super excited to have them. Snickers, which I know Snickers is owned by Mars. Because that chocolate is out of this world. So
1: you said Mars, and you said Hershey.
0: And Nestle. And then
1: I... And Nestle. Yeah, that's... So, listeners, Ernie has correctly identified Woohoo! three of the top ten. And I'm not going to lie to you. I've been a professor for... <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you, I, uh, I've i been a professor for 16 years. I did not know, I could not name you the top 10. And looking at the list now, I still can't, uh, I just have not heard of some of these companies. But I'm going to give them to you in order, in descending order, and then we'll talk about today's company. So number 10 is Orion from Seoul, South Korea, at least headquartered. And they do about $2 billion dollars. And that's, this is, by the way, as of the most recent data, right? I'm not saying that's today's number. But the most recent data I found says they're worth about $2 billion. Uh, number nine is called Glico. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. And they're from Japan. Uh, about oh, $3.2 billion. Konnichiwa. Uh, founded in Osaka. Number eight is a company called Platis. Or Platis. I'm going to go with Platis. Out of London. And they do about 4.5, 4.5 and one of their leaders, one of their platforms, one of their biggest brands is called Godiva who we've all eaten, I would say. So Godiva chocolate is part of that brand. So number seven is called Lint. They're out of Switzerland. They do about 4.6 and we're going to, here's a hint for today's listeners. We're going to talk more about Lint in just one second, and you'll know why. Number six is Nestle. So Ernie hit that one on the head. Ding, 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 Nestle is number six. Ernie, did you think they were higher?
0: I honestly thought they were like probably the top three, to be honest.
1: So Nestle is six at just about eight billion out of Switzerland. Okay. Just huge. These chocolate. I had no. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't know these. These. Uh, chocolate companies were just this big. So you're an $8 billion company and you're still number six. That's yeah, crazy.
0: That's pretty nice to be a number six.
1: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have a chocolate problem in this world. We eat a lot <laughs> of chocolate. We drink chocolate. We eat it and drink it, all kinds of stuff. Number five, Ernie, is Hershey. So you're, you named another one. There we go. 8.2, so just a little bit bigger. And perhaps best known for The Kiss. I, I would say, the say. Kisses. they produce about seventy million kisses. Ernie, are you ready? Are you, gonna, are you paying attention? Uh
0: huh.
1: Seventy million kisses yeah, a and day, and
0: that's more than your abuelita on Christmas.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just barely. I'm not. That's you know, barely seventy billion oh. a day. That's shocking. Yeah, maybe that's a little bit more yeah. than your abuelita can. No, oh, that's crazy. They also do, oh, you know, just these brands you've never heard of, like Kit Kat and Twizzlers. Yeah. Take yeah, a break You've here. never heard of those. Yeah. And over 80 others, over 80 others, uh, $8.2 billion. I kind of think, I kind of expected that to be bigger because those are huge names. I eat KitKats all the time. So Hershey, feel free to send those to me again, Juan at juansetastory.com. I'll send you my address. I'm waiting.
0: You could give him a break and have him a Kit Kat.
1: Please. And send me some Kit Kats. Number four, Ernie, is a Japanese company named Meiji. Okay. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. Meiji. Number three is a company called Mondelez. And they were formerly a part of Kraft Foods. Huge, huge company.
0: I think that's Um, with the Oreos, right?
1: I believe that's exactly true. And I believe that's exactly true. And I believe it's also Cadbury... And a very – I talk about this company in my principal's class and maybe in my retailing class when we talk about packaging. So we'll talk about that in a different podcast. But they also make a chocolate called Toblerone.
0: Oh, Toblerone.
1: Ernie, what's unique about a Toblerone?
0: The fact that you could break it into little pieces?
1: Yes, but what shape is the Toblerone box?
0: Why don't I know this? I could picture it by –
1: you're not a Toblerone fan. Toblerone comes no. in that triangular prism-shaped
0: Oh, carton. there you go. Triangular. There you go. Yes.
1: Very, very unique. Very. We'll talk about that in a whole episode. We'll talk about packaging in another episode. I think that's phenomenal. Toblerone has a triangular prism-shaped
0: carton. So it stands out.
1: Absolutely stands out. And we'll talk about that today. We'll talk a little bit about differentiation in a minute. Number two is a company named Ferrero. Which I would say all of us know in some ways. That's out of Luxembourg, they do about 13 billion. And that's named after their founder, Pietro Ferrero, in 1923. Pietro Ferrero in 1923. And he started experimenting with chocolates and lots of different recipes. And he kind of, I don't want to say accidentally, because I'm sure this was stumbled on purpose, upon. Stumbled upon. I like that. He stumbled upon a mixture of molasses, hazelnut, coconut butter, and cocoa. And listeners, any idea what you come up with if you make a combination of molasses, hazelnut, coconut butter, and cocoa? It rhymes with (laughs) butella. You gotta be careful with what you gotta be careful with some words there. You were, you know, dangerously close to some stuff. (laughs) <laughs> but it does rhyme with that. It's Nutella. <laughs> so that that all credit goes to Pietro Ferrero. I know most of us love Nutella on everything.
0: Everything? Pancakes, eat it off the bottle.
1: Spinach, broccoli, lasagna, uh, some tacos. No, I'm joking. I don't know. I was say spaghetti. <laughs> spaghetti. That's yeah.
0: <laughs> Hazelnut on marinara. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs>
1: I remember the first time I had a crepe with Nutella. And I don't want to say that was like a shocking, like weird thing. But I wasn't really looking for. I mean, I don't know. I was looking forward to it, but thought it was weird. And now it's kind of hard for me to eat a crepe without it.
0: You feel like a crepe not eating it with it, you know?
1: Because I'm a crepe. I feel like (laughs) a crepe. I'm a crepe. Uh, Bananas, strawberries. Oh, my God, that's yummy. We got to stop talking about that. Uh, So that's... um, Number two was the Ferrero Group with, again, about $13 billion. And number one, Ernesto...
0: Dun, dun, dun. And I feel like
1: I feel like you knew this before, or did you know this before? Because you made I mean, a, a whole big spiel about Snickers being your favorite. So who's I number mean, one, Ernesto? I may
0: or may not work for Snickers, but if you're listening, you can <laughs> for sure send me any kind of Snickers at my email, Ernie, at Quanquanstory.com.
1: So I want Kit Kats. Ernie wants Snickers. Please make the appropriate accommodations.
0: But I'm going to say Mars for number one.
1: Mars is the biggest chocolate company in the world, at least according to these stats, uh, with estimated annual sales of 18 billion dollars, headquartered in Chicago. (laughs) Headquartered in Chicago, an American company, the biggest chocolate company in the world. And what some people don't know is uh, one of the reasons they are this large is that they decided to sweeten the pot. Da-dum. <laughs> and
0: Ew. they acquired
1: uh, Wrigley Chewing Gum, which was the largest chewing gum manufacturer in the world. Some and might they say that became... was a sweet deal. That's a very sweet deal. I mean, chew on that for a minute. I mean, chew on that for a minute. <laughs> That's just crazy. That, it could have been a sticky... I'm not going to lie. That could have been a sticky situation. But they made it work. They made it work. It came out really, really sweet for them. So good for them. They have one of the largest factories in the world in the Netherlands, which... Holy cow. If you take me for class, I'll tell you that there's 196 countries in the world, at least recognized by the United States government. 196 countries in this world. And I, I'd i put the Netherlands and. I'll say this, listeners, so don't hen, don't send me hate email. I have not been to the Netherlands. So, you know, hopefully that's something we do in the near term. But I don't know that I would have said a chocolate, you know, one of the world's largest chocolate manufacturing facilities was in the Netherlands. I don't think I would have gone with that. Just uh, fascinating.
0: I, I heard uh, the Oompa Loompas are there too, Juan. There's a secret factory in the Netherlands.
1: Is that right? That makes. That's ooh. what I heard. I saw the I saw them play soccer in the last World Cup, and they were a little bit taller than the average Oompa Loompa. So that's what they want you to think. Those are Netherland's <laughs> in the <disguise.
0: laughs> Oompa Loompas' in disguise.
1: It's a marketing scam. It's just a scheme. Uh, so that's pretty interesting. That were founded by Franklin Mars. Founded by Franklin Mars in 1911, the Milky Way Bar. What an amazing company! Again, uh, eighteen billion dollars. In chocolate and gum now. So there you go. So why did we share with you those little tidbits? Because we're in San Francisco, which is home to the, Ernie, how do we pronounce it? How did we, we've asked lots of locals about this factor. We've gotten all kinds of pronunciations. Ernie, do we have an official, are we going to go with an official pronunciation Uh, of this company?
0: I'm not sure. Juan, what do you think?
1: Out on the limb and say it's Ghirardelli. Ghirardelli. It depends how fast you... It's like Worcestershire or Worcestershire. Worcestershire, Worcestershire or
0: sauce.
1: Just Worcestershire sauce. You just say it fast and hopefully people know what you're talking about. Worcestershire Ghirardelli <laughs> chocolate. Uh, Ghirardelli is how I usually have heard... I've heard people say Jira, but I believe it's Ghirardelli chocolates. And they are in the northern part of San Francisco, right on the water. Uh, I've been there twice. Love it. Ghirardelli chocolate. So they are now a subsidiary of Lint. Who I previously told you was number seven in the world. One of my favorite stories that I talk about in my marketing classes is that uh, I went to the factory, and they produced well over twenty little. If you guys haven't had a a Ghirardelli chocolate, they're typically sold in these little squares. Little square packages. I don't
0: know,
1: like an inch and a half wide, Ernie, something like that.
0: About an inch, yeah.
1: No bigger than that. Maybe even two inches. Somewhere in that range, pretty thin, and they're individual, so you can go buy dark chocolate and caramel and salted mix a match right and there's over 20 so what i thought was really fun is you go to the factory and you kind of walk around and then in the store there's lots of ways to buy these chocolates you can just get a handful you can buy them by the pound and my favorite was you get these uh some are glass some are plastic i took a, a cheaper plastic and they charge you for the plastic container And all the chocolates you can fit in it. So, (laughs) Ernie, did you ever play Tetris when you were a kid or recently? I did. That's one of my
0: favorite games on Game Boy, black and white. I know I'm aging myself horribly (laughs) right now.
1: (laughs) Listeners, Ernie just read it on himself. He's 82 years old.
0: Wow. Well, sorry, guys. I really talk like this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That just shows you what a microphone can do.
0: The effects of a microphone.
1: sound editing people okay so what's interesting is you can cram all these chocolates into this container and some are shaped in various ways there's pyramids and squares and spheres and all kinds of different shapes and because i'm a professor and i'm a nerd i sat there for about 20 minutes trying to figure out all the different schemes and ways and how can i cram the most chocolate into this particular
0: shape that's it i would imagine you spend more time than 20 minutes i'm actually surprised i think that's an improvement Or was an improvement. I don't know how long this was, but... Okay, Ernie just threw me
1: under the bus. I was there for like an hour and a half, but I didn't want to admit that. (laughs) Thank you for that, Ernesto. Okay. But I remember the guy looking... There was a guy next to my right, and I can visualize exactly what he was wearing. I was about three quarters of the way done, and I decided I had blown it. This was not going to work. And I dumped out all the chocolates, and he looked at me like, what are you doing? And I just remember looking at him like, should I explain how, you know... I'm embarrassed. I'm thoroughly embarrassed. Should I explain what I'm doing? And in one second, I thought, nah, screw it. Let me just keep going. But that was embarrassing. He saw me dump it out and start again. He must have thought I had some kind of a, a scheme. I don't even know. Yeah, I was I was a thoroughly embarrassed. But I, I succeeded. I stayed there until I crammed about, I don't want to exaggerate, about 320 of these things. Maybe into my. <laughs> but it was awesome. I took it to the front and actually got a compliment from the young lady that was at the service counter. She said, I had done one of the better jobs. She said, some people just kind of loosely dump them in there to walk out. She's like, you took the time to cram them in there. And now that I tell you that story, maybe that was actually a dig at me.
0: <laughs> yeah. She's like, you could have just dumped it in there and you wasted all that time. But Hey, pat on the back for your efforts.
1: <laughs> but no, you had to cram all day. Seventy-three of these things in there. Congratulations! <laughs> that was—I don't—that was—I thought it was the right thing to do. I don't—if you're going to charge me for the whole container, there
0: we go. Let me fill the container. Yeah,
1: yeah. So it's a challenge. I—I I like challenges. But let me give you a little bit of history about the Ghirardelli uh, Chocolate Factory, founded in 1817 by a gentleman named Domenico Domenico Ghirardelli, born in Italy to a foods importer and. Just kind of followed the the tradition, the family line. About 30 years later, opens up... Well, I guess plays around with the idea of chocolates and decides to open up a chocolate company, let's just say. Uh, 1852, so he's about 35 years old and travels over to San Francisco and decides this is where he wants to set up shop. That's a little bit before my time. But goes to San Francisco I in 1852 really have, and opens but... up shop. Yeah, something like that. And... It's been a family business for the longest, longest time. They had a they created a very famous sign in nineteen twenty three, that was visible for miles. And as a marketer, I just really appreciate, you know, that aesthetic.
0: I mean, Neon it's a had a recognized brand too.
1: No, it just really is, and that's interesting because again, some people don't really know how to
0: pronounce. I was gonna say you can't pronounce yeah. it, but you know how to eat it. <laughs> we yeah, we all know that aspect.
1: Girardelli, Girardelli. So. I don't know if they'd be upset how you if you pronounce it incorrectly as long as right you pay them. The checks
0: are written correctly and <laughs> it goes
1: into the right bank yeah. account. <laughs> I don't care how you pronounce it as long as you spell it correctly on the checks. Yeah. So it, this is kind of cool. In 1965, Girardelli Square actually becomes a landmark here in San Francisco. And I think that's really cool. Ernie, so we haven't made it there on this trip. Have you been there before? The Giardelli no, Square? No,
0: never been there. No.
1: So it's right on the North Shore there in San Francisco. Uh, you can see the Golden Gate Bridge off to the left at about 10 o'clock, depending, obviously, how you're standing. But the square is just beautiful. Uh, the grounds are immaculately kept. And on a nice day, which, you know, when, you can, when there's no fog, which is difficult, uh, it's nice to see the bridge off to your left. So a really nice little facility there in the northern part of San Francisco. Uh, and just a ton of different brands. Uh, I think that was the first time I had... If I remember, that was the first time I had a salted caramel chocolate.
0: I think it's surprisingly really good. do uh, What do you, th- you think, Juan?
1: The salted caramel? Salted caramel. Uh, I like it. I don't think it's in my top five.
0: Okay. A lot what, of chocolate be, companies... What would your top one? I know I'm putting you on the spot right now, but...
1: Well, okay. So they have... So milk chocolate was really good, but I feel like a lot of people make... I'm not saying they don't make a good milk chocolate, but I think lots of people do. I actually like dark chocolate, so that was one of my favorites. And then this one, I predicted I would love this one. It was a dark chocolate with mint, and uh, it's kind of like a a York peppermint patty kind of a thing. Okay. Do you have a a favorite?
0: I think I'm going to go milk chocolate, honestly. I like, even though I know it's probably like the plain original kind of thing, but it, it's actually pretty good.
1: No, it is, it's, and it's smooth. It kind of melts. I was going to say that's the just smooth, the,
0: the texture of it. It gets real smooth, and
1: no, I think that's a high qual- I think that's the mark of a high quality chocolate. So, what I wanted to talk to the audience today about was a, a couple of marketing terms about brand image and then positioning and differentiation. And for those of you that aren't overly familiar with uh, marketing or maybe uh, select business terms. An image is what people think about and how I explain it to my students is when you close your eyes, what do you visualize? Do you visualize quality? Do you think of colors? Do you think of the store? Do you think of celebrities that wear it? When I say a certain company, what pops into your head? And it, there's no right or wrong and everybody has their own opinion, but companies will spend millions, millions of dollars trying to position their product in such a way. Now, how they succeed or fail is largely dependent on people's perceptions and what they believe to be true. So you could try to convince me that you're quality, but I may not believe you. So for an example, image, again, is...
0: I was going to say, wouldn't that be like, for example, thinking about Ferrari? Like, how many car commercials do you see for Ferrari?
1: Exactly. Because they right? have exactly.
0: a strong image.
1: Yeah, right. And I would say the answer is none, right? They let their cars do the talking. And that's interesting. I don't You don't see a, a billboard saying Ferrari, you know, expensive, but great, or as fast as a plane or, you know, whatever. You see this red convertible go by and, I, you know, you might think Lamborghini, you might think Ferrari, maybe an Acura NSX or something, but most Ferraris, you kind of know it's a Ferrari, right? You kind of know how much it is. You kind of know what country it's from. Most people know what a Ferrari is. Louis Vuitton, Rolex, and I don't want to just name high-end companies, but- they don't spend a lot, a lot of money on uh, promotion because they, they'll they promote their product in different ways. It doesn't have to be a billboard or a magazine ad. So lots of ways you can create an image for your company.
0: Exclusiveness. So I think
1: when you... I'm sorry?
0: Like exclusiveness of it.
1: Yeah, I just don't... I didn't want to name specifically all the high-end companies because you can be a Dollar Tree and still have an image, right?
0: Or McDonald's and have an image. Or Mac, Yeah.
1: So is there a difference between the image... Of McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, five guys, In-N-Out, right? We're in California. Does In-N-Out have an image? I always talk about my students, you know, a lot of people want to be entrepreneurs and a lot of 21-year-olds want to start their own business, but would you want to start a hamburger company? I mean, would you and your best friend want to beg, borrow, and steal money and start a hamburger business? And usually when I ask that to a room full of students, they'll say, heck no. there's too many hamburgers out there. You know, you look back in the last 70 years and somebody decided to take on McDonald's and somebody decided to take on McDonald's and Burger King and on and on and on. And if you look at In-N-Out, they have what we would call a differentiation. So Ernie, I'm going to put you on the spot. If we look at McDonald's and we look at Wendy's and we look at maybe Burger King, do you think In-N-Out has a differentiation? What would you say it is? How are they different would, from everybody else?
0: I'll say quality. Like if you if you look at the ingredients, like they always they brand themselves and being the highest quality.
1: I don't disagree with that at all. At all, that's they're they're always good hamburgers. Uh, let me ask you a couple of questions. Have you gone to an In and Out on a Monday on a and I know the answer, listeners. Trust me. Have you <laughs> been to In and Out on a Tuesday for lunch, a Thursday for dinner, Sunday for brunch? Just on and on, just any day of the week, any day of time, do they always taste the same?
0: I will say yes.
1: Yes, right? So tremendous consistency, right? I know, I hope I know what they're going to taste like. And ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't been to California, they're all over the place. I mean, just all over the place. So when I go to that one or that one or that one, obviously the cook is not the same. And the waitstaff, or not the waitstaff, but the cashiers are not the same. But definitely not the cook. And... Yet they taste the same. So that's great consistency. And then here's my, I've got a couple more questions. Ernie, do you think when you go to a in and out for the listeners that haven't been there, is the menu overwhelming?
0: No, it's simple.
1: On a scale of one to 10, however simple would you say their menu
0: is? One being super simple or 10 being super simple?
1: <laughs> no, I should probably give you those parameters, right? <laughs> what, <you> know, <laughs> one being... Holy cow, that's simple and ten. Holy, in fact, I'll I'll give you this one. So cheesecake factory, we'll give you some, we'll give you some love in a future episode. But from one being simple and ten being cheesecake factory complicated,
0: <laughs> I would probably again, say a one. Yeah, again, cheesecake factory, simplest, I love you. Probably one yeah. of the simplest menus. Oh yeah, cheesecake, one of the best places. to eat at no,
1: definitely one of the best places. But man, that menu, holy. Chimney Christmas. We're and that's not, like that.
0: even, that's not even talking about the cheesecake menu. That's not about just a regular menu. Their cheesecake menu is also massive.
1: No, it's crazy. Yeah, well, that's worth a whole episode just for that. Okay. But back to In-N-Out, they have an extremely simple menu, and I'm going to tell a quick story. So I'm in LA in the summer of 09, and I'm talking to a class, and I think I was in LA for about a week. And this is a summer class, and it's a retailing class. And I said, class, I'm not going to lie to you. I've been in LA for about a week. I don't know all the restaurants and shops in LA. Can you give me an example of a company that does this? And they threw one out there. And I said, can you give me the name of a restaurant that does that? And they gave me one. And I said, can you give me a company? Can you give me the name of a company that does one thing really well? And a gentleman in the back goes, in and out hamburgers. And I really wish this was like a visual kind of medium because you would need to see my face. Or you need to see my impersonation of the gentleman's face when I said this. He said in and out, and he didn't say hamburgers. He just said in and out. And ladies, Ernie, are you ready? I don't yes, know if you know this story.
0: I don't think I remember He this. says
1: in and out, and I look at the class, and I say, what is that? Ernie, what do you think 45 Angelinos did when I said that?
0: Gasp for air? Hold on. That, that would probably have been like a... <laughs> like a, a record scratch um <laughs> during during uh like a baptism the the, the priest stopped like that was like probably like everywhere overheard it like birds it was, just I stopped don't... chirping <laughs> squirrels stopped farted. running
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like shock horror awe disbelief incredulity who are you and why are you teaching this class if you don't know like, please leave the building right now. Please gather your belongings and exit the building. I'm somewhere. surprised
0: I didn't open the door and like exit you out. Like, class dismissed.
1: No, and I think I made a joke. Like, I'll, I'll try to make it up to you because I was about to get. You know, uh, I don't even want to contemplate what was going to happen. But that room was not happy with their professor. I said, "What's in and out?" And it took it took a long time because nobody even gave me the answer. People just. I got various responses like oh, you have to be kidding me, or you haven't been there, or, really? oh, my God, Juan, really? Yeah. It was crazy. I, I don't know. So the, I told I told you at the beginning of this podcast or this episode that I've been teaching for 16 years. I don't know that I've ever said anything that's gotten me in that much trouble that quickly.
0: Most shocking moment of that, teaching was, what is in and In-N-Out?
1: No, and it was my first week in the summer teaching that retailing class, and they looked at me like, get out of here. So I, I said, finally, okay, so it's hamburgers. Tell me about the menu. And they don't really tell me about the menu. I just get 44, if I remember, like about 40 students. I get about 40 or 45 different answers. Orders. Yeah. Yeah,
0: like but an basically, animal double-double. No, no,
1: no. No, I don't get that. They just tell me, you have to go and then come back. Like you go oh. and come back. So I go to the menu, ladies and gentlemen. And maybe, maybe this would be cool, Ernie. So right next to the picture of Al Capone playing the banjo which I I still can't get that out of my head. We're going to put a picture of the In-N-Out menu because it was the most simplistic thing I've ever seen. I I remember walking in and I didn't go to the drive-thru. I wanted to really see what In-N-Out was all about. So I walk in there and it said hamburger. It said cheeseburger. It said double hamburger. It said double cheeseburger. It said fries. And then it had various drinks. And Ernie, am I exaggerating when I tell you that that's the menu?
0: You're not exaggerating. That's literally the menu.
1: I'm trying to visualize it right now. And it's that's it. I mean, there's nothing else, ladies and gentlemen. It's The only question is whether you want cheese on the thing, right? So I order no onion rings, right? Very, very basic drinks. So I order my in and out I go back to class and I tell them it's one of the best things I've ever had. And, you know, I redeem myself because, you, you know, they love it there. And then, then, nesta what did they tell me? Now that I was like in the club or in the secret club, then what did they tell me?
0: Uh, let's see. Let's go to in and out cancel class? Yes. <laughs> that would be the yes, first thing but... I would have said. Like...
1: <laughs> no, there's a smart aleck like you in the back of the room that said, okay, so we're going there right now? I get it. <laughs> So after I say maybe, which is a lie, but after I say maybe we'll go, (laughs) what do they tell me? I'm giving you a hint. I say, now that I tell them I like it, they decide I'm worthy of being allowed into the secret club. And they give me what kind of hints?
0: What do uh, I order in
1: and out when I go back?
0: Like they give you menu options? Like what to order? Like the secret menu?
1: There you go. The secret menu, which I think you already said, Ernie, but for the listeners that haven't been there. What are we talking about?
0: The animal style.
1: Animal style. Animal style, which...
0: (laughs) That's a California thing.
1: (laughs) That's a shocking... I don't want to say shocking, but holy cow, that was an experience when I went back and got that. (laughs) And then um, there's all kinds of little concoctions you can make, but they're not on the menu. You have to be in the new. And they'll talk to you about uh, different drinks you can order. They'll combine the flavors of the milkshakes for you. and I don't believe they told me to do animal style. They told me to do animal style fries. And then maybe a day or two after that, they told me you have to do an animal style cheeseburger. Uh, So that was kind of a separate thing, but very, very simple. And I think that's one of the ways, going back to our topic of differentiation, how do you sell a hamburger when everybody else already is, right? So you've already got Mickey's and Burger King and Wendy's and Jack in the Box and all these others. How do you differentiate yourself? Uh, in this case, you have a very simple menu. You do it very well. You do it very consistently. Your prices are very reasonable, especially compared to some other chains. And you have this little fun menu that I think is really awesome, albeit you have to kind of be, you know, in the secret club or society.
0: In the press. Actually, I take that back.
1: All... With social media now, I'm assuming we all know that secret menu.
0: Oh yeah, I'm sure you could easily search it. In- million people tell you how they do it.
1: No, yeah, I'm sure there's, oh my God, I can't even imagine the combinations of what you can do there. But I think that's interesting. That's a way a company can differentiate themselves from everybody else. So we have an image. What do we want you to think of? Are we a snobby hamburger place? Are we a uh, relaxed? Are we expensive? Are we cheap? Are we, I don't know, are we, do we take reservations? Do, is there a line? Are we open 24 hours? Are we only open for lunch? that's a whole topic we'll talk about in a separate episode but some restaurants now particularly after covid are only open for lunch or maybe only for dinner some close two or three days during the week so when you close your eyes what do you think about when you think of a company and i think for you know lots of companies they don't put enough effort into that you can't always say i make one of my cliches i tell the class is that just because you beg you make the best apple pie doesn't mean you're going to be a millionaire You have to create an an image in people's minds and you have to differentiate uh, yourself.
0: You have to really find a niche, to be honest.
1: Well, you know, we could talk about, you know, a niche versus mass marketing, right? So uh, a company like Walmart, everybody always says target and Walmart are competitors. And I'm not saying they're not, but most everybody will agree that they're not super similar. I mean, they're just not super similar. They're definitely Uh, two
0: different (laughs) clientels.
1: Yeah, I mean they, you know, you can get your toothpaste and birthday cards and, you know, and, o-
0: and oil for your car.
1: <laughs> and oil for your car, right? And uh some salami in the grocery aisle and a charger for your Apple in that aisle.
0: <laughs> and a fish from a random fish tank.
1: I'm trying to think of am I wrong? Have I not seen that at Target or am I wrong? Which one? At Walmart I've seen fish. I don't know if I've seen that at Target. No, Target,
0: Target doesn't have fish. No, Target has no animals. They have animal supplies and food, but no live yeah I'm anymore.
1: trying to I'm trying to think of the last time I went to like a a super target I don't believe they have any animals or fish or whatever that's interesting but no they're not the same they're you have to figure out you know who's your target audience who's your target market right are you going after everybody like maybe maybe target at Walmart are or are you trying to do kind of the opposite and Ernie already talked about Ferrari are you trying to go after just a couple thousand people a year I mean just a couple thousand a year So we talked about Hershey selling 70,000 kisses a day. Imagine Ferrari that sells less than 10,000 automobiles a year. So very, very different. Or somebody in the middle. And that's obviously where most companies live is in the middle. Lots of different ways to approach the business world. I think that's pretty interesting. So for chocolates, right, going back to Ghirardelli, is it the packaging? Is it the variety of flavors? Is it being a local company? Is it focusing on Baking chocolates, consumer chocolates, various drinks, right? Like we always joke about Ernie drinking hot chocolate. Milk How are you differentiated? Yeah, from the other nine. Ernie, were any of those numbers shocking? Did you imagine a chocolate company could do 18 billion?
0: No, that was way too high. Though. I, I picked a couple billion, like three, four, but nothing like 18.
1: That's just tremendous. You have to sell a lot of chocolate. So whether it's niche, a small little group, Write A French word meaning pocket or mass. And you're trying to get everybody on the planet, 7 billion people to buy your chocolate. Companies have to really consider their strategy and what they're, what they'd like to accomplish. There's pros and cons to a niche. There's pros and cons to a mass market. Uh, you've just really got to consider what's appropriate for you. You know, in my strategy classes, I'll always teach that it can be easier to go after a mass market because you assume everybody's the same and you run the same commercial or the same Instagram account. You're You know, create the same billboards, Uh, the commercials got the same voices with the same actors and you go after everybody, that's not difficult. But you're going to make some errors because obviously you're not going to appeal to everybody. So some people are not going to be happy with your music or actors or attempted humor. So it might be easier to go for a niche. And you know that every surfer likes this or every woman, young woman that plays volleyball will like that, or everybody that does oil painting will, you know, like that. It's easy to go after a niche, but the obvious problem is that your market is so limited. You're going to have to be very effective because there's only so many people that surf and play volleyball and oil paint. So you're going to have to really be effective to be efficient. Uh, So for the chocolate business, I think that's just really interesting so whether it's again consumer chocolates or drinks or baked goods, or distribution, you know I think that's just a, a very interesting angle. Ernie, any thoughts on chocolate? Uh,
0: once again, Snickers or Mars Company. If you're listening, please send Snickers <laughs> my way and kick. Ladies and gentlemen of the audience, <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you're still with us, you have to admire. We're just we're just gonna be you know shameless about this thing. No shame <laughs> whatsoever, no. <laughs> Absolutely none. Please send us some stuff. So really happy. So we'll be we'll be touring the Ghirardelli factory here in the next couple of days. Can't wait for that. Can't wait to get some Japanese, you know, some sushi. Definitely some, some Chinese, Chinese food. food. Ernie, I think we're going to get some uh clam chowder. Is that what we've got on tap? Yep.
0: Fisher's wharf. Gonna get that clam chowder over there. Super excited! Got to get that. some
1: clam chowder. I think that's definitely a good call. So, one of the last couple of things I want to do before we finish up this episode is I want to introduce a contest. Ernie, what do you think of our contest? Do you think people will like it?
0: I think people will love it. I mean, I'm super excited about it.
1: So, ladies and gentlemen, the audience—if we haven't said this already, I think we have—I'm a huge movie fan. I can't—I'm not going to lie and say I've seen all of them. I'm not an aspiring director or anything like that, but I try to see as many movies as I can. And I thoroughly, Ernie and I will frequently talk to each other in movie line quotes. We love movies. And that's one of my favorite things about Ernie. He's a big movie buff. And we're also big music people. One of my favorite memories is Ernie taking me to see the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Ernie, when was that? 13,
0: 14? Oh my God. That was like 10 years ago. Yeah.
1: What a. Do you remember what what we always talk about? What was the highlight of that uh, concert? I, I one think, of the highlights.
0: I think, I think it was Flea when he did a handstand from one side of the stage to the other and then go back and play the bass like nothing.
1: I would. That's exactly right. That was so... That was just amazing. I don't know how long that was. Would you say 50 yards? Maybe less? I don't know. That
0: was at least 50 yards. Yeah.
1: It was. Yeah, it, was it was huge. That was so impressive. And then Ernie's it, it, right. He got... Yeah, he got back up and just played the bass like that was normal. And that was That's... like
0: towards the end of the show. That was even in the beginning. That was like towards him already playing and, you know, getting into it. Yeah. And, and was... just to let you know, Juan, I, my, I, I said a I, shout out to my wife. I have an amazing wife. She got me floor seats to see Raji Peppers this year at the Peco Center in San Diego. And guess what Flea did towards the end of the show?
1: He uh, did the, the damn handstand. Yes.
0: <laughs> Flea, that was if you're listening. Satsu, but I didn't want to say that. Flea, if you're listening out there you are one of the best bass players Red Hot Chili Peppers you're my favorite band if you guys want to send me anything I love you guys <laughs> I will definitely I just got the Red Hot Chili Peppers jacket from the tour I sport that all the time but yes probably one of the best concerts
1: I think that's yes, about the I mean. seventh plug we've done this you got to give us credit we're <laughs>
0: yeah, we're just plugging away <laughs> We're like that oh outlet when you go traveling, yet that one person brings extension cords that everybody's just plugging in their phones with, with that. Oh we're just plugging away.
1: We are shameless. Okay.
0: Shameless okay, in lady. San Francisco.
1: Shameless. And, there you go. There you go. So I'm really excited about this contest. I think it'll be a lot of fun. So we want to interact with our listeners and we really want to engage. We want to learn about you and we want to hear from you. And we're going to come up with lots of little uh, contests and you know all kinds of endeavors. But this first one I really like, and we're going to combine our love of two things, which is movies and music. And we want to hear from you what, now Here, listen carefully, it doesn't have to be your favorite movie, and it doesn't necessarily have to be your favorite song, but the contest is to let us know which song was poignant or critical, or it, it evoked an emotion what song was just really well-positioned in a movie? And obviously, you're probably going to like the movie and or the song or both, but it doesn't have to be. What song would you say is just a great part of a soundtrack? And if you really want to, tell us why. So go to our Instagram, Juan Side of the Story, or go to the website, juansideofthestory.com, and let us know what song and what movie Uh, really kind of inspired you, or you just think it's just an awesome scene, I can name you 50, right, like just right now, 50. And let us know why you think that was a great song in that particular scene, in that particular movie. So I'm going to let Ernie go first.
0: Ernie, are you ready? I'm
1: putting you... There's only, if it makes you feel better, there's only a billion movies.
0: I mean, as being as a big movie buff as I am, I mean, I'm going to go towards the Disney route. And I'm gonna give you a hint, Juan. Here we go. Tell me, tell me if you know the song. I'm, I'm, I'm attempting. Here you go. What do you think? Did, did, did I? Okay, so those everybody's wondering. It's a circle of life from the Lion King. Here we go. <laughs> I mean, just chills when you hear that. I mean,
1: I've got lasagna. <laughs> Come and get your dinner
0: before it gets cold. <laughs> Look
1: out! <laughs> oh my gosh! I don't even know. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But, but Disney, honestly, Ernie, I... you're not four years old, right? I'm not co-hosting a podcast with a four-year-old. No. Is that, can I safely say that?
0: No. I'm I'm well over age I'm think the 18s.
1: You're 19. Okay.
0: Nineteen and a half, but yeah. No, but Circle of Life, probably one of my favorites, only because of what it stands for. Um, like Juan was talking about earlier, uh, it's it's about how you look at life and just how we evolve as people with everything and, you know, how we learn from our experiences and really either take the positives from it and grow to a better perspective or, you know, stay where you are and not really move in life. And that's really what it's about, it's a circle.
1: No, what a what a nice little comeback to life being like a box of chocolates, right? You just never right? know. Did you like the song individually or because of the scene in the movie? Tell me about that relationship.
0: Uh, I, I think um, first for me, it was the experience of seeing in the movie. So the scene where it's like the sun's coming up, right? So you have a brand new day, a new opportunity. Maybe some, yesterday wasn't your day or something might have gone wrong or you may have had you know troubles, but tomorrow is always a new day. So it's, it, it's a new opportunity, you know, all the animals are waking up and, you know, getting ready to, to just take over the day and just a high pitch of the song. Like you're, you're high spirits, like you're you're excited about the new day. And yeah.
1: For those of you, for the listeners that don't know, Ernie has about 17 animals in his house. And that's why he likes animals. <laughs> Ernie, little known fact about Ernie, he actually has a kangaroo, ladies and gentlemen.
0: I like to Carl, get in the pouch the and get jumped around, you know?
1: <laughs> How's Carl doing today? Is he all right?
0: Uh, he's good, you know, He uh, he's just hopping to it, you know, getting getting <laughs> ready for the night, you know, getting ready to go to sleep, but he's good.
1: There you go. There you go. No, it's a good one. I like that one. Okay, so this one's a little bit difficult for me because I can just name you 50. So to get the show started or to get this contest started, I'm going to nominate my first song. So we're going to open this up with uh, The Lion King, and then my nomination is going to be a song... From my favorite movie of all time, and I think I can say that, I have two through five is interchangeable, but my number one favorite movie is pretty much set in stone. And ladies and gentlemen, how old am I? I bought this song. After I saw the movie, I was so enthralled with the song. I went and I bought it. Ernie, are you you ready?
0: Uh, I bought the
1: song on vinyl.
0: Um,
1: Do you know what vinyl is?
0: I know what a vinyl is. One sad to say that I do know what a vinyl is. <laughs> for those of you listening, wondering what's a vinyl, it's that large disc. If you go to Best Buy, they have a section there for you youngsters that like to go to tech stores, and vinyls are those huge records that you put on the record player, and it has a little needle that will tap onto the top of the record and play your song.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna make a. So we're gonna do we're gonna do two things. So I just made this up right now. So, listeners, if you're listening, we're going to do two things. So, go to our Instagram, Juan Side of the Story, or go to our website, JuanSide of the Story.com. And I'm going to buy coffee for two people or more. I might even do more. I'm not ever going to say it's limited to two. But I'm going to buy coffee for one or two people that give us the best songs, you know, that just are amazing. And then I'll buy coffee for people that send us a picture. Of a record player in your possession. Ooh. So the key is that this has to be in your possession. I want to see if it's dusty. Is it in the basement, the attic? Have you renovated and now that's the
0: centerpiece of your man cave or your entertainment center? So we're not looking for a Best Buy employee standing behind the record player with the name pack, <laughs> clearly showing with the blue shirt. <laughs> I am not
1: buying you coffee if you go to Target, yeah, and show me a picture of a record player. That's not gonna work. I wanna see my mom, so I tell this joke in class. I was the original remote control. I was the remote control. So my mom would say, mijo, go you know, rewind that song or play it again. And I had to go move the needle and literally put it right back in the song. <laughs> and this, ladies and gentlemen, this record player was about eight feet long. It was basically a table. It was a desk, right? A solid piece of furniture. If a hurricane or a tornado blew the whole thing, if I'm Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz... The only thing that would have been left is this record player. And that's a true... Still playing the song. Still playing the song, probably. It had this big panel. The counter... I don't know if it's a countertop, but the desk, the top, hinged and moved upward. That thing weighed four tons. I'm not even joking. And I want to see your pictures, ladies and gentlemen. So a cup of coffee for those of you that give us some good songs. And definitely I'll buy you a cup of coffee for the best picture of a phonograph player in your possession in your home right now, please go to the website and do that. So here's my nomination for the song for this contest. See if anybody knows this song.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Ernie, tell me that's just that's
0: a great song. So for those of you listening, it's not what you think when you first hear that song. It's actually a real movie. (laughs) What are you insinuating? I don't even know
1: what, 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 what. Just the way it said it. Oh no, no, no! Don't don't go there with my (laughs) listeners. I'm just saying. (laughs) I'm throwing it out there.
0: there. I don't know who's listening. I got to reach out. Everybody got to be inclusive here.
1: That's a great song. Don't listen to Ernie. That's a great song. It's uh, by a group called Yellow, without the W. It's Y-E-L-L-O. I actually bought oh, that man. album. Love it. It's, I think it's just iconic for that movie. It's been now used in several others and uh, some TV series. Love that movie, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. We'll talk about that in a different podcast. Love wonderful that movie. song. Yeah, wonderful movie. It's got. We'll definitely talk about that in a future episode. So Ernie is nominating... The Lion King. I'm nominating Oh uh, Yeah from Yellow from the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So please let us know what you guys are thinking. And Ernie and I will be happy. I just took money out of Ernie's wallet, and Selena doesn't even know it. We are go- we <laughs> are going, going to buy me. you a cup of coffee. Yeah. So Selena, I apologize, but we're going to take money out of our pockets. We are going to buy coffee for some of our listeners. Uh, we want to get to know you. We want to. <laughs>
0: That's right, everybody. I am now officially poor. There <laughs> you go. 475 is going towards this cup of coffee for that lucky winner.
1: I don't even think it's four seventy-five, but we'll see. Well,
0: it depends what state yeah, well, they're in.
1: Yeah. Uh, 99 cent cup of coffee from 7 Eleven. I didn't say from
0: what. Oh. Hey, there you go. <laughs> Read the fine print.
1: I made no statements about what kind of coffee. Okay. <laughs> I might send you one little K cup, a fifty cent K cup from my box of Starbucks. Uh, but I think that'll be fun. So please do that. Please go to our Instagram, Juan Side of the Story, our website, JuanSideoftheStory dot and we will buy coffee for our listeners. I promise. And we're going to give a shout out in next week's episode. And speaking of which, Ernie, are you excited about next week's episode?
0: I think I'm a pretty excited, Juan.
1: <laughs> Where are we going, Ernie? Where's the bus taking us?
0: Well, for those of you who are coming along this ride, we're going to Denver, Colorado.
1: And no, ladies and gentlemen, I'm wrong. That's not, We're not taking a bus That's or a train. That'd be crazy. But we'll be flying over to Denver, Mile High City. Lots and lots of stuff to talk to you about Denver, Colorado uh ernie has never been there ernie why not what's up with that
0: well truth be told i had an opportunity before when i used to work for miller Coors because Coors is, is actually distributed in denver but i couldn't make that trip so i didn't get a chance to go it's on it's on the bucket list so i will get there eventually next week no no
1: what? Do you know, eventually, what are you talking about? Like five next days? See, I'm saying t- like next week.
0: <laughs>
1: eventually, I'm going to get there. Like in five days? Okay.
0: <laughs> in a countdown, of three, two, one.
1: <laughs> so we're going to Denver. And if you didn't hear me say this in the trailer, I'm going to say this about every, every city we go to. But Denver is one of my absolute favorite cities in the world. Love San Francisco. Love Denver. I'm very happy. These are our first two uh, little trips for our podcast. So we're going to try to come to you live from a different city. Every week. Next week is the Mile High City, Denver. Uh, Maybe talk to you a little bit about the Broncos. Uh, San Francisco, the Giants aren't doing so well. The 49ers a little bit better. It looks like Jimmy G. Jimmy G. And did pretty well. Uh, So Jimmy G stepped in and did pretty well for the 49ers. Uh, Next week in Denver, we'll talk a little bit. Again, the Rockies are kind of struggling. We'll talk about the Broncos. Anybody from Denver, please let us know. Uh, your thoughts on the team. Maybe we'll give you a shout out as well. Uh, so people in Cali- you know, California and San Francisco, let us know about some restaurants. Where should Ernie and I go get a drink? Maybe a, d- a place to get dessert. Uh, a good recommendation for sushi would be appreciated. So people of, Sa- of California and San Francisco, let us know where to go. People of Denver, you're on the clock. We'll be coming to you in about five days. Super, super excited about that. I have a lot of, I have a couple of interesting factoids about Denver. I think the readers will appreciate. Ernie's never been there. I've been there. I am not kidding you. I am not kidding you. Eight, nine, ten times in the past three or four years, both for business and pleasure. It's like a regular trip now. I've got lots and lots of facts about Denver. I think you guys and stories. I think you guys will like. So, Ernie, any closing comments for today's episode?
0: Uh, well. Just- to to topic with denver i mean i'm looking forward to the aerospace museum i know they have a lot of museums there um and then i heard there was like this uh ice cream shop that was shaped like a rocket oh
1: we listeners i can't tell you but ernie is absolutely right we're gonna have some amazing ice cream in denver
0: so i'm looking forward to that because um, as you know i have a sweet tooth and ice cream is my cup of tea if you will
1: that's gonna be awesome Uh, maybe see some art there's modern art we could see some Impressionists we could see some World War II planes Uh, Denver Denver just has a lot of art a lot of murals Uh, love Denver for sure so Ernesto say goodbye to the audience today
0: everybody thank you for tuning in and we appreciate the love and if you guys want to share this to anybody else that you think will benefit from it please share away because our voices are only as strong as you make them and we're have a lot of stories we have a lot of fun things to talk about and i'm just again super excited and can't wait to tune in next week with you guys at denver
1: thank you ernie uh i've had a lot of fun again my name is juan holguin we like traveling we like business we like coffee and hot chocolate and all kinds of things and i really enjoyed our trip to san francisco i think it's a wonderful place to go love deli chocolates but then again that's just one side of the story thank you guys